Right after the temptation episode, Jesus is in Nazareth on the Sabbath, worshiping in a synagogue. He read from Isaiah the prophet and proclaimed, astoundingly, that this scripture had just been fulfilled. God's Spirit was on him. He was anointed to preach good news to the poor. The Bible is full of stories that we all know and love. But how well do we know them? The answer might surprise you. The Bible you thought you knew is going to dive deep into the exquisite details of the biblical stories that make them fascinating and transforming. In my last podcast, I suggested that we did not need to find Jesus' personal Bible at an archaeological site because we have known about Jesus' Bible for 2,000 years. That Bible was basically the Jewish Bible, despite the differing names that were used to refer to it. I mentioned some of the most conventional names that were used for Jewish scripture when Jesus was around. Moses and the prophets, the law and the prophets, Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms, Torah, a Hebrew word typically translated law, and the prophets, or simply Torah. I also emphasize that no matter how vigorous the Jewish debate was about how to interpret the scripture, there was virtual unanimity about what documents counted as Jewish scripture. Even the fact that these scriptures were not yet fully canonical, meaning that they had not been finally settled on by the community that revered them, did not deter anyone from treating them as full-fledged scripture. The Jewish scripture came in two basic versions, one Hebrew and one Greek. The Jews had orchestrated about 250 years before the Common Era, a translation from Hebrew traditions to Greek. This version is conventionally called the Septuagint. Subsequently, however, because those who believed Jesus was the Israelite Messiah, or Christ, used the Greek version so predominantly, it was not long before the Jews who rejected Jesus' claims and those of his followers rejected the Greek translation. Though originally a Jewish product through and through, once it took on a semi-official status in the fledgling Christian church, it no longer had any purchase in the synagogue. In any case, it never became canonical among Jews, even in the more informal sense that obtained in that period. Almost surely, Jesus would have been familiar only with the Hebrew version. Jesus spoke Aramaic and probably Hebrew as well. We do not know whether he knew any other languages. When he is quoted in the New Testament in a language other than Greek, it is in Aramaic, or a Hebraized form of Aramaic. The two languages are actually quite similar. This means that Jesus would have been most familiar with the Torah, the first five books, and the prophets eventually divided into two sections, former prophets and latter prophets. Eventually, the Jewish Bible was divided into three major sections, Torah, the first five books, prophets, the former prophets, Joshua, Judges, Samuel, and Kings, and the latter prophets, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, and the Book of the Twelve, 
which are sometimes called the minor prophets, and the last section, the writings. This yields the acronym Tanakh, in which the T, N, and K stand for the Hebrew words Torah, Nuvi'im, and Ketuvim, Law, Prophets, and Writings. For all practical purposes, the Tanakh is the Bible of Judaism today. All four Gospels in the New Testament describe Jesus' attitude to his Bible, the Jewish Bible, as extremely positive. A quick survey underscores my point. In the Gospel of Matthew, toward the beginning of his famous Sermon on the Mount, Jesus tells his audience that he is not about to abolish the law and the prophets, one of the standard ways of referring to Jewish scripture, but to fulfill them. Whatever fulfill might mean, it certainly does not mean cancel. Jesus goes on to admonish his hearers to obey the commandments, even to the extent of outshining the Pharisees, who were well known for keeping the commandments to the letter. Throughout the gospel, Jesus quotes from, alludes to, or uses this scripture to promote his message. Indeed, Jesus readily relied on scripture when he faced temptation in the wilderness. The same holds true for the Gospel of Mark. In the very first chapter, Jesus heals a man afflicted with leprosy, after which he admonishes him to perform rituals that Moses had commanded. Of course, those commandments are a fundamental part of Jewish scripture. Later, Jesus commends scripture over tradition in the matter of honoring one's parents. He also cites the commandments as crucial when a man asked him how to inherit eternal life. Once he asks his interlocutors whether they had read a particular biblical passage. Most interestingly, perhaps, Jesus equates knowing Scripture with knowing the power of God. The Gospel of Luke is no exception to this pattern. Not only does this Gospel depict Jesus appealing to Jewish Scripture during his whole ministry, and dealing with temptation by knowing Scripture by heart. But at the beginning and the ending of the story, he appropriates Scripture in a most extraordinary way. Right after the temptation episode, Jesus is in Nazareth, on the Sabbath, worshiping in a synagogue. He read from Isaiah the prophet and proclaimed, astoundingly, that this Scripture had just been fulfilled. God's Spirit was on him. He was anointed to preach good news to the poor. He had been sent to proclaim release to those who had been jailed, to enable the blind to see, and to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord, just as the reading from Isaiah had said. Equally, if not more stunning, is what happens at the end of Luke's Gospel. Two people were traveling to Emmaus about seven miles from Jerusalem. This is right after Jesus had been executed. As these two were talking, Jesus approached them. They did not recognize him, even when he asked what they were talking about. Incredulously, one of them asked how the stranger could have been so oblivious of recent events. When Jesus pressed for details, 
they told him that Jesus of Nazareth, who was not only a prophet, but the one they had counted on for Israel's redemption, had been crucified. They added that there were some rumors that some who had gone to the tomb had seen a vision of angels who said that Jesus was still alive. They still do not recognize the man with whom they are speaking. At that point, Jesus questions the two travelers' failure to heed what the prophets had said. Prophets, of course, is the largest section of the Jewish scripture. At that point, Jesus, beginning with Moses and all the prophets, another term for Jewish scripture, told them what the scripture had to say about himself. Jesus does the same thing when he appears later to his disciples, only then the nomenclature changes slightly when he says, Everything written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled. The Gospel of John, too, portrays Jesus as advocating the importance of Jewish scripture. He says in a straightforward manner that they bear witness to him. In the same context, he says pointedly that Moses wrote of me and that his words are on a par with Moses. In another situation, Jesus says emphatically that Scripture cannot be broken. As always, Jesus has in mind the Jewish Scripture. To summarize, the only Scripture Jesus ever knew, read, quoted, or thought religiously and theologically authoritative was the Jewish Scripture. Like any rabbi of that era, he was always keen to debate how properly to interpret this sacred text. But he never wavered one iota from regarding it as Holy Scripture. Most significantly, he taught that from top to bottom, those Jewish scriptures were ultimately about what God was accomplishing through his teaching and his life. Keep in mind that every writer of the later New Testament shared this view. Jesus referred to his personal Bible, as did his Jewish contemporaries, with various titles, which we have already mentioned. To this day, Judaism reveres this Bible. Christianity, however, calls it the Old Testament. Now, it is no secret that Christians prefer the New Testament over the Old. To be sure, there is much about the Old Testament that is dear to the heart of Christians. Christians love many of the great stories, appreciate the soaring poetry of the Psalms, resonate with prophetic calls for fairness and justice, find profound books like Job, and find the overall storyline compelling. At the same time, Christians are hardly bashful in their criticisms of the Old Testament. They recoil at the violence depicted find some sections colossally boring or irrelevant, think that its picture of God is skewed in places, perceive its culture as misogynistic and patriarchal, and a host of other problems too many to recount. Remember, though, this is Jesus' Bible. If you have complaints, you need to complain to him. Given your negative thoughts... Why was Jesus so positive about his Bible? Why did he believe so profoundly that he and the God of the Old Testament were one? 
Why did he maintain that the God of Abraham and Sarah, Isaac and Rebekah, Jacob, Rachel, Leah, and his other wives was also his God? Why did he teach that the Old Testament was from front to back about him? In future podcasts, we are going to deal with these questions. In light of the podcast's title, The Bible You Thought You Knew, I'm going to argue that at least some of these negative feelings toward the Old Testament is because we have not paid sufficient attention to the details. In hundreds of university and seminary classes, and in hundreds of church halls over the last 50 or so years, I have discovered that folk who are honest, good, spiritual, and fair simply do not know the biblical text in all its glorious detail. We will ultimately see whether it makes a difference in how we appreciate and appropriate Jesus' Bible. I want to thank you so very much for listening to The Bible You Thought You Knew. I have a question for you. Do you have a question or topic that you'd like me to cover on the podcast? If so, All you need to do is head over to Apple Podcasts and do two simple things. One, leave a rating and review telling me what you think of the podcast. Two, in that review, ask anything you want related to the Bible. That's all you have to do. Then, listen in to hear your question answered on a future episode. Join us next time on The Bible You Thought You Knew when we discuss Jesus' personal Bible. God bless.